0: Hey, everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with My Outdesk. We're your provider for virtual professionals. If you need help in your business, go to our website, myoutdesk.com. Today, I have the unique pleasure of hanging out with Celeste Johnson, the applied Companies PEO in Northern Nevada. Now, that is code, for those of you that don't know Northern Nevada, for Reno, Nevada, one of the West Coast hubs for transportation. Uh, it's a business mecca. I happen to be a neighbor of yours, Celeste, and I really appreciate you joining us today here on our podcast today.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. And let
1: me tell you, and maybe you can attest to this, Reno is actually very cool. Sometimes we get uh, thrown under the bus a little bit on um, late night TV, but it's a great city, I promise. I,
0: I do <laughs> like it, actually. Um, we, My wife and I, at times, have date nights out there in Reno. Yeah. just a lot of entertainment, a lot of cool things to do in Reno. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the shout out.
0: Ram. Yeah. There you go. Well, hey, let's talk about you. Um, I'm excited because today we're going to talk about your PEO business. You've had a unique experience. You are a second generation owner. So we're going to dive deep in that process, yeah. what yeah. it was like for you. And, and you're going to give some advice having gone through the fire, yes. right? So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm a Yeah. You're <laughs> and a thriver, right? You've survived oh, and thrived. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying. <laughs> okay, but before we get going, let's talk about you. Like, how did you get going and get started in the PEO world? Like, what's sure. your story? What's your background? Yeah. Love to hear it.
1: Yeah, well, I started out, my background is in HR, and uh, cut my teeth in HR in the casino world, actually. So Woo-hoo. I call it, I re- refer back to it as combat HR. I mean, yeah. it was everything you can imagine thrown at me. Um, and I was like this naive girl from Iowa that went, people do this kind of stuff. I mean, I, it was a learning opportunity. Um, so Did you have
0: to cut anybody's fingers off or anything working for the <laughs> casinos and the HR?
1: <laughs> no, but um, I mean, it was really interesting. You know, any kind of business that's a 24-hour house um, with everything from dishwashers to executives was a, a true learning experience.
0: That's awesome. And so did, you, loved end HR. Up, did um, you end up it, running I, it or did you end up running it at a casino level or like how no, I,
1: I, I was, I think I left at like the supervisor level okay. uh, and then sort of saw the writing on the wall. The casino industry here in Reno is not what it was. 20 years ago, Um, Mm. there are way fewer. Uh, So I did get out of that and uh, went and worked for the university for a while, um, which also another learning experience and taught me that I really did not want to work for a bureaucracy. Um, I Mm. like the private sector um, and I like small business. I mean, you can make a decision one day and execute it by that afternoon. You cannot do that um, in a big setting like a university, which is fine, just wasn't for me.
0: There you go. And then you, how'd you get into the PEO world?
1: Yeah. So through some networking, um, I met the owner of the applied companies at the time and, um, and he hired me, he needed HR. He was setting up this PEO, Mm. uh, which I didn't know what that was. Um, I think he barely knew what that was, but he was in it. And, um, I came in as the HR person and loved it. And that was in 2004.
0: Okay, so you've been in the industry for almost, or more than 16 years, is, is that yeah. right? Yes. Okay, so there's got to be a lot of change. What have you seen in the PEO world over the oh, 16-year-old years?
1: Yeah, well, certainly um, uh, HR laws change. Every, well, in Nevada, every two years that's our legislative cycle, and in other states, uh, frequently federal level, a lot of changes have come about. ACA was a big one yep. uh, no one knew how that was going to affect the industry. Ultimately, I think in some ways it benefited it became such a regulatory burden for uh, companies um, that it was it was very nice in the through the PEO partnership um, for the PEO to take that on. Another thing that I've really seen morph is even though at least in Northern Nevada, we're still doing a fair amount of educating what a PEO is and how that business model works. um, I am seeing more comfort and more willingness for companies to outsource um, and partner with other businesses that have their expertise. Um, In 2004, the conversations were a little different uh, than they are today. In 2004, the, the, Value prop was, this is how you can save money through a PEO. Now, it's a relationship value prop. And it's, how does the relationship make you, business owner, your company more valuable? Um, Initially also, it was very health insurance driven. Mm. That was a big part of the conversation. Now health insurance, at least in, in my sales process is a secondary conversation. Um, and it's not, it's not based on that cost savings as as much.
0: That's interesting. What are the main reasons, uh, businesses choose to use your services?
1: It's, it depends how they answer this question and it's Mm -hmm. What is your pain, business owner? Or what is it that's keeping you up at night? And it runs a spectrum. Um, Some business owners, they just got that first EEOC claim and they're scared. Um, And they went, crap, I can't defend this. I don't have a handbook. I don't have any files. Um, They're asking to see everything and I don't know what to do. Uh, The next business owner might say, you know, work comps got me really confused. I don't know how to manage that. The next one might say, "Um, you know what, I just, I don't want to run payroll. I don't want to file my taxes. I don't want to keep files on site. Uh, So there's, you know, there's all these different reasons um, and uh, it just, it depends.
0: So Celeste, you're a pain doctor for HR and right. company process. Is that what you're saying? Like whatever your pain is, you're gonna, you're gonna fix it. Yep. I yep. love it. Yeah. So let's let's you are in this world where you recently did a transaction. You purchased mm-hmm. the company that you, you now own and you worked yep. for previously, which I is did. interesting because our PEO world is consolidating. Like it, you know, tons of companies are coming in and buying smaller regional PEOs and then making large national ones out of them. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I want to have you share that experience so that our audience and other right. PEOs can hear like what that process was like. And then you have a client who went through a transaction. So this is going to be transaction Celeste, which is going to be cool uh, because that's an exciting conversation. And I've lived
1: through it. So now when I talk to business owners, I'm like, hey, I get it, I've been there. Uh, So the prior owner um, wanted to retire. And I will say he did a very good job of planning for that retirement five years before he ultimately chose to to make his exit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's important for a whole host of reasons. for one, just psychologically. So you take a business owner um, that has grown a company, they need to slowly figure out what their purpose is in order for them to walk away successfully. Otherwise, um, I think it's very common that they can almost sabotage that internal purchase process or any purchase process for that mm-hmm. matter. Um, through the process, we, I knew I wanted to potentially purchase um, and then also the owner was looking at, there were other PEOs that wanted to buy us, acquisition yeah. mode, like you talked about. Yeah. Um, there's private equity and money out there that wanted to buy us. And um, it really came down to uh, who, who ultimately was gonna have control.
0: Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here. And I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now, you know, I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses. And the answer is simple: it's MyOutDesk virtual assistants. MyOutDesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States, and making our clients over a hundred million dollars in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love our virtual assistants, and I want to give you the opportunity to learn exactly why simply text the word mod mod to 31996 and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call
1: So um, I, through I knew that if private equity money came in, um, I was no longer going to be able to make decisions based on relationships um, or what I thought was in the best interest or serve my personal values. It was right. going to be how does this flow through to the financials, mm. and I didn't know if I could sustain that or if I wanted to. Um, also, our our differentiator as a small PEO is different than the big guys. So if you were absorbed by someone else, that's fine. They have a different value prop and a different business model. Um, and, and again, there's space for all of us. And I know in even in Northern Nevada, I've lost some business deals because what that client may have wanted might be offered by a bigger national. That's okay, Uh, but our differentiator is we're not necessarily the the, um, biggest national with the most plan options or the sexiest platform, Um, but we are very relationship based. And and we sell on that, and we are highly customized Um, where a PEO that's a national um a uh, point of contact might service 40 or 50 clients ours internally service 15 right. so um we do it differently and um i knew in the purchase process those were some of the things that would have had to change uh if we didn't do it the way that it went through an internal purchase
0: so did somebody else submit an offer to compete with your offer cuz it uh-huh. sounds like yeah. And was their offer like crazy? Cause I, I've been in a couple of transactions where a third party comes in, makes a crazy offer, yes. gets uh-huh. gets a cold of the financials and all the yep. information and then whacks that offer by exactly. half.
1: Yep, you nailed it. Um, there was uh, one particular offer that was way higher than any of the others. It would have been an asset purchase versus a, a stock purchase. And, um, that was prior to any due diligence. And right. fortunately, um, the owners were smart enough to understand that that offer probably was not going to be how it would have ended up at the, at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. I um, would, as the owner, I would have countered. I'm like, if we close in 30 days and it's all cash, I'm in.
1: Right. You know? Sure. <laughs> exactly. And of course the offer was not written that way. Right. Um, uh, Uh, So, yeah, that's exactly what happened, Um, but that wasn't really the reality. And then the owner that that was retiring was not purely money-driven. He wanted Uh a fair amount, um, but he also very much cared about the clients and the continuity of that and the internal people that are here and what was going to happen to them. And all of that factored into uh, his decision-making. And he was loyal to me, too, and also wanted to help me. Uh, pursue my next d- dream which was purchasing.
0: What is, um, how did, the, how is the staff, how have you transitioned the staff because this guy was the owner and now you are, it's been a couple of years. Yeah. That shift can be nerve-wrapping for employees, like they just, well, uncertainty scares people. How sure. did you, it how does. did you transition that, that in, in that space?
1: Yeah, it goes back to that sort of five-year plan that he had um, and, What he did is he actually started working a lot less um, and promoted me to chief operating officer a couple of years before he decided to fully retire. And um, he got down to four days a week and then three days a week. And then pretty soon he wasn't in any sales call. And that was part of the the plan design too, is have him completely removed from the sales process. Um, Because we also needed to prove that the company could stand alone without him that also um, increased the value. So we got him out of all of the processes and purely, like the last year, really just almost advisory role. He really wasn't doing anything operational anymore.
0: That's interesting. What would have happened, and I, I, you know, this is a funny question and I like funny questions, but what would have happened had some third party purchased the company? Would you still be there?
1: hard to say. It probably depended a little bit who it was. Um, I will tell you there was another PEO that was looking at a purchase. Um, I was um, uh, interested in them and I felt like they had a good model and they had a good organization, a good culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of them, I didn't see anybody. Uh, we talked to probably three or four private equity firms and you know they all wanted to retain me. Um, of course, and the staff, because they knew retention in a relationship based service business is, I mean, it would have devalued it greatly had we all left. So they were very interested in our retention. Um, but it's that, you know, it goes, it goes back to that kind of relationship thing. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel good, um, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have stayed.
0: I love it. I
1: don't know what I would have done though. Um, I, uh, you know, once you move up to. Um, a certain level and you have such a um, uh, input in the direction and the control probably would have started my home. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. What was, um, what, what's been the biggest, oh crap for you now that you are the owner and CEO? Cause there's a, di- when you, when you sit in the, uh, you know, leadership box, but not the owner's box mm-hmm. stuff changes, right? It, it's totally. like a different yep. world. Yep. So what's been the biggest, oh crap, I wasn't ready for this.
1: I'll tell you exactly what it is. Um, I, as the chief operating officer, I was involved in the financials from the P and L standpoint, but not from the cash flow. Um, and the company also, um, because it was, you know, it was many, many years of, of built up cash reserves. I didn't I didn't know to watch that so closely, mm-hmm. um, and I had to. So two things had to happen. I had to start looking at or wanting to start looking at cash flow. I now do that on a weekly basis. Every Monday yep. morning, I get yep. a cash flow report, and I I know the cash pretty close to the penny. Right. Um, that was not something I did as a chief operating officer. And the other thing is, all through the purchase, because it was an internal purchase, I kept thinking. Um, through that process that, oh, this company has been here for 15 years. I actually have done better once I adjusted my thinking to I'm a startup. And I started to think of it as a new company, new ownership, new processes. Even though the, the name is the same, the staff is the same, the clients are the same. I had to switch my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the two big lessons I learned.
0: That's so cool. Quickly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's quickly because you had to.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. So let's, let's go through, um, your eye doctor examples. I I guess one of your clients actually also went through a purchase. So what was that like?
1: Yeah. So this is so interesting. Um, you know, the economy has been great for the last couple of years. And one of the things I didn't really think about in the PEO model, and then I have other lines of business too, that we, we talked a little bit about, in a good economy, you think all business is great, everything is better. There are some downsides. And one is um, MA activity is happening more yep. than it ever did before. So um, we've actually lost a couple of clients in the last couple of years because it's such a great time to sell a small business. Yes. Um, one in particular, though, has been kind of fun because we didn't lose them, we retained them through their. Yep acquisition but this is the eye doctor i was telling you about um great practice it's um it's owned by a couple of eye doctors actually and then they have a few more on staff and so they're about 40 employees total for mm-hmm. a few locations and they decided to sell owner is you know 65 wanting that liquidity event and what um, what's was so exciting about their acquisition is the purchasing entity came in and said We love that they're in a PEO relationship. We don't have to do all this HR due diligence. You just made our lives a whole lot easier. There's processes in place. There's a handbook. There's a PTO policy. They actually live up to it. Mm -hmm. Um, All the payroll records are there. So it made their company more valuable, which is super exciting to see. And then and we retain them now, that doesn't always happen. Um, But we were glad that... uh, that we got to see it happen that way.
0: What are, what advice would you give to other PEOs that are having churn in their client base yeah. because of M&A? Like what, how, I mean, having gone through a couple yourself in the last year or yeah. two, I think,
1: that? yeah, the advice is figure out who those M&A people are and try and get in front of them right. um, and give your narrative of why PEO is so fantastic. Um, sure. I, I recently uh, hired a new operations controller and she came from the corporate world um, and it was from gaming um, and she said in her corporate career. Her company bought and sold many little businesses and she said never once did we sit at a table and even talk about PEO. Um, and how that could have actually benefited in some of their corporate structures that sure. they were doing because they could, that, what a great way to buy maybe a small piece and allow it to operate independently um, from what's happening at the corporate level. They just went through normal, roll up everybody into the big corporate structure. So um, there's an education out there, right? Even though our industry is getting bigger and we love seeing that, there's still a lot of decision makers out there that have never considered or heard of a PEO model. So, um, And I'm giving the advice to myself, too. This is my uh, to-do list is figure out who are those M&A people. How do we get in front of them? How do we talk to them about... um, this great model and how it's going to make them more money. Cause at the end of the day, the question is always what's in it for me, right? Right. So whoever you're talking to, they want to know what's in it for me. There's a lot in it for them. It's just, we gotta, we gotta get in front of them.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. You were gonna also give something away. And I think it's, this is the time. I think it's a really cool little offer. So let's talk about, um, some of the services that you provide, and then your your free offer for the audience.
1: Yep, yeah. So um, PEO services, uh, we do so many great things, and it's hard to to list them all in in just a quick soundbite. Yeah, you know, sort of all things HR. Um, But some of the top headliners that seem to me to get the most value from, from the audience are things like handbooks, job descriptions, wage surveys, performance review system. Um, So with that said, we would love to offer, we do this in our community. We offer um, a review of a handbook.
0: Um,
1: And so today I'll offer 25% off the cost of that review to make sure it's legally compliant and- A handbook is a tool for your staff, too. It drives your culture. It helps set your policies. um, And so you really want to spend some time on that and make sure it's putting forth the vision and the mission that you want as a business. And Hmm. a lot of business owners, I understand, rightly so, it sits on a shelf out there, right, and collects dust, and it hasn't been looked at for five years. And what they're doing in actual Um, day-to-day is different than what's even written in it. So um, always good to spend a little bit of time, throw a little bit of money at it, but I would love to offer that discount.
0: Okay. So somebody needs to go to your website to actually take advantage of that. So let's share that with the audience.
1: Theappliedcompanies.com. You can go Google search us at The Applied Companies um, and then just email us at info at theappliedcompanies.com.
0: There you go. Well, Celeste Johnson, thank you so much for your time today. This has been fun learning about your journey of purchase and a PEO and all that. We might title this Casino to University to PEO. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a cool story.
1: It's been a fun journey for sure. Yeah.
0: Thanks for your time. Have a great day.
1: Thanks, Daniel.